for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. All right, we got Joe Whiteley on. It is a six-pack lab at. We got Arian Messi, Kamesi, and um, Joe, if you guys, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're not a powerlifting fan, maybe you're not familiar with her, but she's at all the world championships. So if you're a powerlifting fan, you should be. Um, one of the voices of powerlifting at the Classic Worlds, we do those together. And uh, some people might not be aware of some of the work you do with open powerlifting, which... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you. yeah I, I wear a number of hats. We do, we do the commentary, like you say. I do some of the commentary for equipped competitions as well. Um, and I do some of the writing for the IPF, so the hype posts on the Instagram, that's me as well. Uh, I look after the social media for the IPF. And I'm also um, a member of the Open Powerlifting team. So I wear a lot of hats in powerlifting. It's, it is crazy to me how um, in powerlifting – you could have a couple handfuls of people doing so much. Like a couple it, it handfuls like of people lot, doing so much. Yeah. Like you take a couple handfuls of people gone and it's like, holy shit, we got a lot of empty, yeah. <laughs> empty spots to fill. Um, so I want to have you on. Like, obviously, uh, yeah, we've been working together for years now doing the IPF Worlds. You see all the different sessions. Um, you've written articles, uh, bless KOTL with it, and much appreciated. A lot of what you do, first off, let's get this out of the way. A lot of what you do isn't for money. You will ask us, I know, look, at what, what are we talking about for budget? We'll make it work. I just want these articles to go out for the exposure of these athletes. And bless you, <laughs> Freaking, um, as well as like obviously, you, open you didn't have enough space to fit to fit everything I wrote. I know, I just kept writing, I kept writing. <laughs> so much, so much of but, it. But it is like, um, uh, I get like everything you do with open powerlifting, etc. Like, you're doing it just for the love of the sport. Making how amazing is it? How much do we take for granted that in a sport like ours, we have a freaking database like that, just a database like that. And for people who might take it for granted, this is nobody's making money. This isn't a salaried position. No, 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 absolutely not. There's, um, it's completely supported by the community. Uh, we have a Patreon, and some people very kindly donate um, a little bit of money every month to keep these servers running and everything. But we do not have advertising. We'll never have advertising. We don't have sponsorship. It's entirely supported by the community. And, and um. I mean, obviously, with like a lot of the things from commentary, I know to writing of the articles, you're not going to make a living doing this. This is for the love of the game to get them back. <laughs> this is for the love of the game and making sure lifters get exposure yeah. and and fans of the sport have articles, have databases, have this. Um, so that's why, yeah, one hundred percent had to have you on and uh, and give you give you kudos because if people don't know, Thank they you. need to know. Well, um, I kind of lurk in the shadows a lot too. <laughs> Uh, well, I so, mean, some of it, like some of the projects, like obviously I want to get into open powerlifting, but some of the projects like that, um, when it's a database, you won't necessarily know, right? Of course, if you watch the the live stream, um, you're going to hear your voice. You're going to see your yeah. name. But all, there's so much going on behind open powerlifting. People have no idea. How did open powerlifting come about? Well, I wasn't there at the start. It's not my project. I, I contribute to the project, but it's not mine. It was started by Sean Stangle. 
And I think he just started off on his own. He was just uh, trying to bring together a results database um, and he was working alone. And gradually various data geeks around the world found him and basically hammered on the door and said, yes, let me in, this is fantastic, let me help you. Uh, I was doing something similar in the UK because when I started lifting, um, it was at a time when there wasn't really, uh, I think we hit a bit of a low point in the UK. It was about 2013, something like that. Participation numbers weren't great. There weren't very many female lifters for a start. I would quite often be on my own, um, the only female at a competition. Um, and a lot of the other regions had regional records going back years, and we didn't have any regional records. So I figured out that I only had to go back as far as uh, 2011 when the weight classes changed, and mm. I could put that together myself because I thought I might have some, you know. If I could just put these records together, maybe one or two of them might be mine. So <laughs> I spent ages looking for the results, historic results, and I struggled. I couldn't find them. There was no central place to get these results from. Um, so I got them out of magazines and various people had uh, paper copies. So I compiled the regional records from scratch. Um, and then I looked around the rest of the country and thought, well, some regions are doing this well. Some regions aren't doing this well. But there's no one central place where you can go to see all the lifting, the results from all the lifting that's going on, even just within British Powerlifting, the IPF affiliate. Um, so I thought, well, if no one's keeping those records, maybe, maybe I should. Mm. Um, and I contributed a little bit to a website in the UK called Neilside, which was a cross-federation. He used database tables. It made it very slow. But it was what we had. You know, we worked with what we had. Um, sorting people's names out is always a big problem. Are you called David? Are you called Dave? You know, is it Nikki? Is it Nicholas? Is, you know, people's, the variation on people's names is hard. So then you end up with one person five times in the rankings. So you have to do a lot of work just cleaning that stuff up. But when I found a very early iteration of open powerlifting, I basically demanded to be let in. It's like, I've got all this stuff. I've got all this data. Let me in. I can help. I can help. So um, I, I threw all the British data at Sean. Um, and then, uh, then I started to look around for, well, not all the IPF data is in. Maybe I could help with this. Uh, and I just kind of stuck. I think that was... Um, 2017 something like that and gradually the project grew it was initially it was so hard to use that website open powerlifting was so slow you'd be really excited trying to show someone on your phone and it wouldn't load and it would take by the time it loaded they got bored they were long gone you know <laughs> i feel like but, the fucking i don't care anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely um but then we um sean is um is great at this stuff and he he put together a really um performative website uh, we say it's the most performative website uh, sports website in the world don't know if that's true i asked chat gpt actually what was the best powerlifting website and they said it was us so i'll take that really okay yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. well they would know well it's, it's a bit of a leading question but you know i'll still take it um and then we it was always a big problem for me that the standard classes don't match up with ipf there was no way you could get a sub-junior age class to work on the um, on the standard open powerlifting format. The weight classes were different. The you know everything was a little bit different. So I really wanted there to be um, an IPF uh, specific uh, version of the website, 
And it took us a little while tugging people's sleeves, trying to show people things in um, when I was at competitions. And that was a, a great benefit, actually being at the competition to commentate or to compete or whatever, and to be able to tug on Robert Keller's sleeve or, you know, buy someone a drink. I said, let me show you what we want. Let me show you what we've got and what we could do. Um, and eventually the IPF said, yeah, go on, you know, we'll put our name to it. Um, and we stood up open IPF as well. Um, and I spend all my time on that site. I'm, I'm looking at it right now <laughs> because it's it's just so useful. And we try and keep all the IPF stuff up to date. Um, where the workload is huge, frankly. I, I can't. So I can't fathom. First off, I, I guess. Okay, I got a couple questions here about that. Picking up in the beginning. All right, and I understand you weren't like at the beginning, beginning, but like mm -hmm. still 2017, there was a lot of work to do in terms of backlog, yeah. right? In terms of backlog and some people are going to go there and be like, well, mine's missing from, I mean, you guys have stuff from how, first off, okay, like, how far back are you? Because I remember having conversations with you and you have magazines that are decades old and you're logging them, A, and just do you find initially trying to catch up because there's so much time that's already passed. Was that the hardest part or, um, and is it now because you're established in the community and people are sending the results in, is it a heck of a lot smoother now? Um, in terms of results coming in, you don't have to hunt as much, or do you find now because you're so established people just assume their stuff magically appears on your site. And instead of sending it in, they're like, why the fuck aren't my results up? And you're like, well, it's, it's the, the last one. It's the okay, last one. Yeah, definitely. That's what I thought. <laughs> I think we've got these automatic processes that drag it all in from around the world. Um, and to some extent we do, we have scripts for uh, one of our key um, contributors, Matt Pierce, who sadly passed away last year. Um, he wrote a ton of scripts and he, he ran a mock around the world, just importing entire federations at once. He was, he was really, um, committed and hardworking and brilliant. And the project has really struggled without him. Uh, but he was the one that ran about and go, okay, I've written a script. We can have all of Sweden, all of Sweden results are now in. Um, so when you say run a script, I, I might not be the only one who doesn't know, but what does that mean? Does that mean like, it's like a code that just will constantly forever on out grab this or no, what it, what it means is that you'll run a script for, uh, and it will pull in, it will look at what we've got, look at what's on the Swedish website. And if there's any, any missing, it will try and import those into the website. There's generally a little bit of work to do tidying it up to, to get okay. those in, but it means it's not as manual as it could be. That's easy enough for countries like Sweden that have um, a standard database on the website. Um, but a lot of uh, British powerlifting, even now, I just get spreadsheets through the post, through the email, um, and put those up. And it might be Next Lifter and it might be Open Lifter. Um, and very occasionally, it's something else entirely. I think it's a couple of years since we've had handwritten results sent in, oh. which, is, uh, which is good. Oh uh, the gosh. whole... The whole point of Open Lifter, by the way, if you don't know, it's an absolutely free piece of meat software that you can use. Um, you have to connect to the internet initially, but you don't have to be connected to the internet to run it. And the whole point of that was so that we could get results in, in a decent format that we can just import directly. Um, people use, you know, you use whatever you're familiar with, you use whatever works for you. Uh, the problem for us is 
quite often someone will literally take an image of a spreadsheet, embed it in a PDF and then send us that. And you might as well just set fire to it. We can't get any data out of that. It's a, it's a complete retype. So we like spreadsheets to come in. We like CSV files to come in and we get PDFs. It's amazing how people will just be like, um, I'm just going to take a, sh like, it, I'm going to take a screenshot of this, even though it's, it's, it's available <laughs> yeah. to give you in digital form. Yeah. I'm just going to send that to you. Just do whatever with it. Just get it done. And it's like, help, help. There's a bottleneck situation happening, right? There's literally a button on there that says export for open lifter. Just hit that button, send us what comes out. And we don't get that automatically, by the way. People think they hit that button and all right, that's fine. They've got it. No, e email us what it prints out. Email us the export, please, please. In, that's all we need. And do you find, like, was it initially when you came on board in this project and it was like, we have to, all of history to try to cover, uh, you know, I mean, to an extent, so people are going to hop in there and look at it. Like it's, it's a historical database mm. as well. It's where powerlifting history is housed. Which... But sorry to interrupt, Ryan, you, you yeah, do ask me earlier about if it's hard to catch up when you have all the historic stuff. Yeah. No, we started at the front and worked backwards. So let's get this year done. And then we can worry about how we missed last year. And then we kind of work backwards that way. But we have got in British results, the British, um, championships going back to 1966 oh every single one and we've got every ipf competition ever held apart from the 1995 disabled bench if you can get me the results for that we are complete for the ipf how how satisfying a long time how satisfying is it to be like we just wrapped up 1996 yeah. you know like like certain years when you're going further further back you're like we're into the 80s <laughs> yeah well well you know um you know sean Laflamme um usvi uh yeah. masters four lifter probably one of the best masters four lifters in the world he is patiently going through the 1980s in the powerlifting magazines and converting them to um spreadsheets and sending them in i had a look the other day how many he'd sent in and I, I couldn't even count them there were so many he started two years ago in 1984 and page by page he's working his way through those magazines it's absolutely incredible john laflamme in his 70s deadlifts over 500 pounds squats over 400 pounds the guy is uh, I, I he uh i mean i show area in the uh dms that he sends me but if i post john laflamme on king of lifts he'll get like quarter of a million to like just hundreds of thousands of views um thousands and thousands and thousands of likes and he in in the comments because it's, it's so like crazy what he's able to do in his 70s in the amount of comments hundreds of comments Every single one, John Laflamme is going to call me back and say, like, even if it's just a thank you or even it's whatever it is, that's John Laflamme. So to hear that he's the guy who's, you know, going in there and like meticulously yeah. going through a year after, yeah, I'm not surprised. He's that, he'll help out. He's like a, and he'll, yeah. every time I repost, like some people just, whatever, I got reposted again by King of Lifts. After a while, mm -hmm. you start getting, if it happens often enough, you start, you know, just is every single time he, he messages me. Say, Ryan, I just want to say, you know what I mean? Like, he's that guy. Such a nice guy. He yes. really is. Yeah, and he's capturing his own history. Instead of messaging us and asking us why we don't have his best competition, he's he understands. He's there. He's, uh, he's, he's recording the history as it relates to his own career. And I think a lot of us did start because we wanted to correct our own data or our friend's data. And then we just kind of hung around and kept going. It's, um, I think if... In all of us, 
in this conversation have been around powerlifting that would predate this, right? Like I started powerlifting in 2008. Arian, when did you start, kind sir? 2011. 2011. Okay. Newbie. Okay. Welcome. Um, <laughs> it, um, it, when did you start, Joe? Uh, 2013 was my first competition, I think. Okay. So, you know, when, when you remember what life is like before certain things were readily available or, or caught up the pace, you remember this. So when it comes along, you're like, fuck, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. That we have this now that this is established. But when you come in the game and it's already established, it's a lot easier to take for granted and be like, well, listen, I think we could do this as a change. I think we could, but I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to actually do any of these changes. Don't ask me to put time, but it's easy enough when you come in after it's already established to be like, why isn't this better? Why isn't this faster? Why isn't this like, man, it is very, very difficult. Sorry, it is, ahead, but, but I, I think it's, I think the website that we have now is about as fast as you could hope for. Um, I'm on open IPF because that's where my interest lies, really. I do commentary for the IPF, I write for the IPF. So I'm not um, an IPF, um, somebody described me as an IPF enthusiast the other day. That's just, it's, it's where it's where my work is, it's where I lift, it's, it's where my interest is. Um, so inevitably I have a, a little bit more focus there. But I was just having, let's see if I could see um, some of the data we've got at the minute. Yeah, 744,000 lifters, 45,000 meets, all hand-entered by um, a handful of people, really. At uh, any given was... time, there's only about six of us working on on answering um, queries. Queries come in, oh, so many queries come in. <laughs> to the site it's it's never ending and anyone who's worked on a help desk sort of situation understands how frustrating some of these inquiries are because people are looking at uh, a ranking that they've put all manner of filters on and the email they send is hey your data's wrong I, I, i'm not showing up and you have to then go through a process of where are you expecting to throw up show up what's your name is it an age class ranking you know it's 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 really hard to just get to the bottom sometimes of what is it you want it's nearly always an age class thing master's rankings is it um so i, I was going to ask how many people are involved what kind of hours are put in a week do you think you know i know weeks can change but like what do we look this seems i don't know how you guys manage it and and have other work outside of this and other lives. We, we, we don't. We've all got we've all got full time jobs. We've all got training, families, uh, all the rest of it. I have a bunch of other side projects, as you know. Um, so when I'm away, when I'm away commentating with the IPF, I don't do any open piloting work at all. Um, I I just don't have the time. You know, it is when you're commentating, it's end to end, and then there's also the social media work to do. Um, and last year, I was away so much. Um, so much long haul travel next year. Definitely not doing as much this year. We bounced around the planet for uh, quite a while. I think we did four continents in six weeks. Holy smokes! That's we like went a from you sound like to... a rock star right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, on tour, economy travel it doesn't feel much like a rock star. Well, that's true. Really <laughs> Some of the hotels, it is what it is. It's all. We went from. I think we went from uh, Europe to Kazakhstan. We were two days at home. We went to South Africa, maybe a week at home. We went to Alabama. Um, so, and we also were in Canada last year as well and Denmark. So 
It was a lot. I'm not going to, to miss many places this year for sure. We're going to have a holiday with no powerlifting in it. That's the first time in years. Well, where yeah, are you going to go? Yeah, we're going to Switzerland. It's our 20th wedding anniversary uh, this oh. year, and we're going to go and walk up an Alp again. Something we haven't done since before I was a powerlifter. So anyone listening, your husband, Joe, as well, and is, uh, first off, I, I mean, I was going to skip ahead to Sheffield, but both of you named um, yeah, yeah. Uh, part of Sheffield, the crews, the bands together. We're, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's the same world's <laughs> classic world's team. Um, so it'll have a bit of, so even though we're together like that, I think how much different of a field do you think it's going to be for Sheffield? Because what I'm hearing in terms of ideas for production. People, when they think of, for instance, USAPL, they think a certain way with like the big, um, you know, projectors in the back with the, you know, big screens and, and faces in the back, et cetera. <clears throat> and then um, in the stream, which is different <laughs> right, than the, the, the IPF one, the IPF stream, it's it feels a little more like you're watching the Olympics, for instance. Yeah. Um, like, like something on the Olympic channel. And that's more awesome. like a sport than a show. More like like uh, okay end. all right well there we, go. <laughs> there we go but it uh but sheffield is going to feel a little different than both of those sheffield yeah. you know which is interesting despite the fact they're bringing in ipf people like like ourselves from that stream it is a different streaming team behind uh the cameras producing etc mm -hmm. and they're going to look for a bit of a different feel i'm very interested it's like it's like a like an actor who gets um the lines and can read it but doesn't know how the movie's going to turn out until the movie comes out and mm -hmm. it's the same deal where you can get the ideas on paper and um and some of the you know floor plans and setups and stuff like that but i'm really interested on how this thing's going to appear i'm excited for it for sure well i, I have an advantage that i've been to the venue um because I was working at SPD back when this was planned in 2020. Um, so I have been to the venue. I've been uh, to the warm-up and sat in the seats and looked up at the stage kind of thing. It's a, it's a great theatre. Um, not sure I've ever been to a powerlifting competition in a theatre. Yeah, it's going to be different. <laughs> but it's it's all plush seats and gold braid. and Oh, God. And... <laughs> hey, this is it's really nice. Um, yeah. But we're in a different place. We're a little bit further away from the action than we usually are, uh, mm -hmm. which is going to change things a little bit. Because generally we can see, generally we've got a line of sight. We can we can see the coach and the athlete coming out. We can see the um, the coaches lined up at the table waiting to put the temps in. I don't think we're going to have any of that direct line of sight anyway. I think we're a little bit away from the stage. That's going to make it a little bit different again. Yeah, it, it is... Um... I mean, I'm sure we'll have like monitors everywhere, et cetera, but yeah, I, I know absolutely. what you mean. It's everything's different. And um, like for, we, we just had Megan Scanlon on and she was saying like, we're so close at IPF worlds. Like sometimes you forget Megan was mentioning how she came out for one of her last deadlifts. And I said, <laughs> I, I have to say, that. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's a really heavy deadlift for Megan Scanlon, historically speaking. And she's like, fuck Ryan, I can hear you, bro. <laughs> but it's like, I have to say, this is, this is part of the conversation. The the viewer needs to know you're open. It, it worries me. And in Halmstad as well, we were so close that um, a couple of times uh, a referee that was sitting right by me heard me say something about a failure and, and gave a red light and sort of looked around and went, Oh, I didn't see that. Thank you. Like, no, that's, that's not how that should go. <laughs> well, but it, when, it... when you're close up, yeah, I do worry sometimes, especially when, 
it's a big pull or something and all the crowd have gone silent and they're just waiting. And I think, can he hear me? Oh, yeah. Can he hear me thinking, this is a bit of an ambitious pull. It's a big ask to get this. And I, I try not to say anything negative. You'd never say, I don't think he's going to get this. But it, it does it does bother me that um, they may be able to hear us. It was nice in Denmark, actually. We were a little bit away and up. So we weren't in the same line with um, the production team as we usually are, but it meant we had that little bit extra distance to the platform and I didn't have to worry so much that maybe um, they could hear me saying this is an ambitious attempt. Well, the thing is, you um, it actually helps in terms of the viewing public on the stream, far greater a number than those in-house. So mm. then you want to set the table for them yeah, when they're watching like, how is this a crazy pull? Is this a hell Mary? Why is this happening? And you need to be like, listen, this person is going all in. And if you set the table like that, if they hit it, oh my God, that's amazing. But if you didn't set the table like that, cause you want to be too modest when they hit it, the viewing public doesn't quite understand just how special that was. So that's why it's like, look at, I'm sorry if you hear me. And I say, look, this is an ambitious attempt here. I don't know. We've never seen her pull anything like this before. Let's see. She's really pushed her tip chips to the middle of the table. When you load it like this, sorry, but I got to do my job because this is, yeah. you know, like, if you're an athlete, you just got to do what you got to do. And surely um, the athlete then is thinking, I'll show you. Right. Well, yeah, you would um, <laughs> brought it up later. She look, it's been <laughs> almost a year and she's like, by the way, right? Yeah. So yeah, it does. Um, going back to uh, open powerlifting though, what are some of the things you think are misconceptions that people have about open powerlifting? There's, there's things that come up again and again. Um, one of them is, okay, so this competition has been added, but my competition was earlier than that. And my competition's not been added because it's a volunteer project. I'm not here to allocate work to people and some weeks that I, I don't have uh, a lot of time, I'm absolutely going to work on the things that I'm interested in. I will put British re results up first. British results, IPF results, I will have a priority with those. We have um, another volunteer who does um, USAPL and the French Fed, and someone else does the Swedish Fed and Powerlift in America. So we have people that do, we don't all just do our own federation. And once, uh, once all the IPF results are in and British results are in, I do work on other federations as well. But if other feds' results are going in faster than yours, that's because we have a maintainer. We have someone that's doing those results. If you're one of the feds that doesn't have a maintainer, then they're just going to have to wait until someone's got time to do it. It's not a system where this went in on Tuesday, so that has to be done before... You know, we will all prioritise the stuff we're interested in. And I think that's uh, inevitable in a volunteer project. None of us are getting paid. None of us are at work. I um, I log on every morning and before I start work, uh, my day job, uh, I triage the requests that have come in overnight. I just kind of tag them to the federation or what sort of um, issue it is. <coughs> Excuse me. And maybe uh, there's a question to be asked. Someone says, can you put my Instagram up? And you're like, sure, what is it? You know, you've got to tell us this information if you want us to do it. So I can get the questions out and just sort of triage the uh, issues uh, before I start work. <coughs> Excuse me. 
But I don't allocate those to anyone. Even if I know that this guy tends to do this fed, I'm, there's no way I'm allocating that because I don't know. Has he got childcare issues this week? Is he on holiday with his family? Is he maybe just having a break from the project? So people pick it up as and when they can. And we're such a small team. Joe, is there, is there a knocking core, in the background there? Is there a knocking somewhere? Okay, never mind. Stopped. <laughs> maybe it was me. Maybe it was me. I was rocking on my chair, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, yeah, okay. I think that was it. Um, so it's such a small uh, project that maybe six people, if that, are working on issues uh, at any one time. So you email into the project. It kind of goes into a, an issue list so that anyone on the project can, um, can deal with it. And we do... Um, People love to speak to a person directly, not just to email the project. So we find people do really like to go to the volunteers directly. Mm. Um, and then if you don't do what they want in as fast as they want, you get some pretty horrible DMs. Um, see, see, this is where, okay. <laughs> and we don't got to get specific, obviously. But because um, over the years, I'm sure there's, you've got stories, right? Like, it, believe me, the same over here with like running King of Lists, people you know, we'll talk to you as though it's a personal thing. When it's yeah. like, uh, the world is so huge and there's so many lifters, so many federations. And um, some people come at you with expectations regardless. Like, no, this is, some people take everything personally. Some people yeah. like they, they, they plan a picnic and it storms outside and like, just my luck. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's not just your luck. It's just, a, it's just coincidence. So anyways, <laughs> you won't, you won't have everybody um, always happy all the time, but anyone listening to think about how much work you guys put in voluntarily volunteer. You just, when other people are chilling, watching Netflix, hanging out with friends, doing you guys get home from work to mm -hmm. work hours, logging data database in its hour after hour, day after day, week after week, year after year, constantly. And if you guys, you six people just say, you know what? This is not worth it fuck it and walk away this system stops this yeah, absolutely database people are, the whole system stops and people when just we, take for uh, granted we lost matt last year which was he was a young guy he was only 28 it was really tragic um and he did so much on the project so it was not just a personal loss for all of us who were close with Matt, but the project i wasn't sure if we could carry on without him for a while and we got um very very behind with a lot of things um matt ran a lot of the scripts um and sometimes these things are a little bit personal so you know the tweaks and the ways of doing it um so it's taken us a long time to get back on our feet again we were up to i think 430 outstanding issues at one point oh. um right now i think we're doing okay we're at 309 um i'm and i'm on here instead of you know getting that down under the 300 again we used to panic if we got over 200 and now it's you know it is what it is you, you do as much as you can yeah. the the aim is to record every lift done under powerlifting that ever happened in the world and that's impossible right that's just impossible but yeah. we're going to try anyway we're going to keep trying we're going to keep trying to do it it's it's um <coughs> yeah it's remarkable and one person gone would be you know, like you could see now if you're so you're down to six people now right well it's, it's it's a kind of it's a bigger cohort than that some people people contribute in different ways 
Okay. So some people might think, all right, I'm going to look after my federation. My federation does a comp. I'm going to put those results up. And that's fine. You know what? If we had one person doing every fed, then there'd be no work. That's mm. all we need. One person from each fed that can interact with the project. It is a very technical project. And if you, we learned um, a few years ago that if someone doesn't have the technical knowledge already, we do not have the capacity to teach it. If you know about Git, which is the system we use for um, adding and changing uh, bits of the project, it's basically, the whole project is basically one big spreadsheet, essentially, mm. uh, compiled to a website. But it's too much to learn. Um, I started at a time when um, with, there weren't many volunteers and everyone was really fresh about the project. So a lot of people spent a lot of hours dragging me through knowledge acquisition about Git and um, the various commands I had to use and Python scripts and things like this. I had no knowledge of that sort of thing at all. And a lot of people were very, very patient with me for a very, very long time to get going with that. Um, but now we find that typically um, a new volunteer will <clears throat> will want to come and help, which is brilliant. But if they don't have Git knowledge, then uh, typically I'll spend four or six hours with them trying to get them going. And then they will add one meet and then they'll disappear forever. So you become a little bit reluctant to put that time into to a new person thinking one in 20 people will stick around. Is it you? Shall I invest in you? <laughs> You're right. Well, this but, but if you don't invest in them, then you can do all the work yourself forever. Right. Well, and I was about to say, the it. return on investment yeah. for them on you was obviously paid off um, in, in spades, right? And, and first off, before I forget to, if anyone's listening, because this thing goes out globally, worldwide, how can, if somebody has these expertise or somebody is at the very least, if you're listening, if you're even a member of your nation's federation, you're like, I can just help with records results, just looking after your own backyard. Um, and not to be on the project full-time. Like you said, if you can put out a casting call right now, how best can they, can they reach out and get involved? Message issues at openpowerlifting.org. Everything goes to central place. Um, we can all see everything that goes in. To that it's kind of like a help desk software uh, that emails in and like you say if we had one person on every federation this would be easy then all we'd be doing all day is uh, just making tweaks and sorting people's names out people's names are a nightmare hmm. they enter with different names every time they compete and and then obviously there's a lot of very common names we have some people that we have 30 or 40 different instances of the same name and that makes it really hard to disambiguate, which is the process of separating out which John Smith this is sort of thing. And yeah. that's why uh, sometimes uh, meets are hard, time consuming to add, even if they're in a format, because which Bill Smith was it, which Jose Fernandez was it, you have to kind of look through, make a judgment. I think this was number two, put him down as that. Sometimes it's not so clear. So it, it's it's very time consuming, really. If if a meet is absolutely perfect and no disambiguations, it'll take about 10 minutes to add it. If it's a complete mess, maybe all day. Seriously. So really, we want everything coming in in uh, open powerlifting format in a perfect world. Wouldn't it be lovely if every Fed had one person and sent it in open powerlifting yeah. format and just, here you go. 
Oh my god. That would gosh. be amazing. So <laughs> if your federation, if you're listening out here and your federation, the results are a bit patchy or we don't have them, this could be your chance to put that right. That's right. I, I also wanted to ask you, um, now that we're seeing this advancement in technology, I mean, obviously technology is constantly advancement, but very recently it feels like a lot more conversation about things like chat GPT and, and, well, you know, we talked about our early earlier, but I've talked to, you know, some coaches and, and just other people who are entrepreneurs talking about how chat GPT already has cut their workload so significantly. It can, it can code for you. It can, um, it can write, you know, emails back for people when you're like, and, and it takes emotion out in terms. So you could say, write a reply email to this, make it front, make it professional, but well, friendly stuff like that. Sorry. Go funnily ahead. enough, this impacts my day job. I work for a, a software company. Um, you've heard of Grammarly. Yep. We're pro writing aid. So pro writing aid does everything Grammarly does in terms of, you know, put a comma here. This is spelled wrong. Do that. But we also use uh, AI to, um, to be more of a writing coach, a creative writing coach, and also using that same technology for ChatGPT to say, okay, I've written this paragraph, rephrase it for me, and our software will give you, okay, you could do it more like this. There'll be some, um, you can tell us about tone if you want this to be a little bit more, if you want it to be polite or a little bit more um, informal. And it will give you options to rephrase all your all your work. Uh, it's used a lot by it's in the business space, same as Grammarly, and it can uh, turn up. It's turned into an advert for my job, hasn't it? But it's <laughs> it is it is AI driven, um, a writing coach more than just um, a grammar creator. So yeah, working in that space, and obviously I'm not involved in any of the technical stuff. I don't know anything about uh, all the really uh, crazy stuff all the smart people do. But it's really exciting to be working for a company that's part of that. It's, um, I mean, you hear now, well, first off, I got a buddy who told me he, he, we do like jujitsu together. So he's outside the powerlifting world, but he was telling me just for fun. I asked one of the AIs, I don't, cause there's a couple different ones. He's like, write me a script. And this is what I want the screenplay to be about And the freaking thing wrote a script for him. And he's like, Oh, not bad. And, Did and he send it is, to anybody? This is obvious. Mean, it's going through. Okay, no, no I don't know. <laughs> but we are at a point now where um, we all saw the the videos floating around about the guy who uh, defaked Morgan Freeman, and it's the voice. The it looked like Morgan Freeman, sound like Morgan Freeman. To the script, to everything, things are going to be are starting to become automated. Kids now when they go to school are starting to have full on beautifully written papers that they did not write. Um, the world's changing quick. I don't know what it's going to be like in five, 10 years, but if this is where we're at now, Holy smokes, but doubling back what this could mean for possibly open powerlifting. Is there a way, um, you know, where you foresee like, okay, look at, we might be able to start mitigating in terms of database collection and like having AIs that can, comb the internet grabbing things or you know is there hope at least that that would be great that's yeah. that's a little bit above my um technical ability to even talk about whether that's possible what i would like to see from um to make it easier to import results from all over the world a little bit of consistency so if one federation says okay we're going to do our results like this if we know it's going to be like that every time we can write a script and bring it in um so a little bit of consistency would do do we need ai for that probably not but it would be great wouldn't it if it was just sitting there we already have probes actually to um, check when federations have posted a new competition 
So we we run our way there really. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of automation there, but unfortunately, we still need people to answer the query, to understand the problem, to put the issue right um, with the name or the age or or adding Instagram. I don't know the number of people. Um, about one in two requests to add the Instagram handle doesn't tell us what the Instagram handle is. And I, I don't know what you do about that. They're hey, like, can, like, you, you, should can you add me. my Instagram? Yeah. What is it? I know you hate when really it's... Really basic stuff. Do you hate when it's that? When it's like, come on, now just that extra back and forth slows it down a little bit. It does, or if they're like, does. you should know who I am. They pull that kind of... <laughs> maybe, maybe. We talked about taking it off just because... Um, because uh, it was a huge burden. But it's really useful for me when I'm writing for the IPF. Uh, and if I don't know a lifter, I want to tag a lifter, but I don't know. I, I look at open IPF to see if they have their Instagram on I'll, there. So I'll for that reason right alone, we've left it on. I'll tell you right now, um, <coughs> I don't know if you do this, Arian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume when I'm scouting for preview shows um, and I'm pulling up open powerlifting, I 100% just... Go straight that, to the Instagram. Yeah, yeah to yeah. see how their lifts are going. As opposed to like, what's their name? And sometimes when you look at an Instagram, they don't even have their name anywhere on their Instagram yeah, handle yeah. or profile. So you can't find them at all with their name. So you're like, well, how am I going to do this? Whereas when Open Powerlifting has it in, it's like, oh, mm -hmm. sweet. I'm checking out their history. Now let's see how their training has been going for this competition. Yeah. And you just, it's so smooth and easy for, for scouting. And, and I'm doing that, I understand, for preview shows, but I would not be at all shocked if coaches, when they're going into worlds and stuff like that, can do scouting like this. Like, Arian, have you used it like that as well? Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, some people don't necessarily use their name or maybe if it's like a different language because from a different country, it's hard to find. So it's easy to just look them up and open IPF and then click the link and boom, I got all their training footage. And for like coaches, handlers, national teams. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a nice ad, but it's it's more work. I mean, the the <laughs> it's not much work if they do actually tell us what their Instagram handle is. Right. The, the other <laughs> yeah. issue is with Instagram, the um, if you change your Instagram handle, it doesn't track. We if you're logged as one and you change your name, you have to tell us about the change. We can't automatically track that. Do you have some people, people change every week? <laughs> do you have people who are like listen? Where's my TikTok? I'm on my TikTok. On. Like Gavin Aiden's tick wants his TikTok. <laughs> oh really? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't see. I I can't see adding TikTok. I just you mean can't. listen, no TikTok, no YouTube. It's Instagram, and that's it for yeah. Right yeah now, that's anyways, it. That's right? it. Yeah, we had uh, we had plans to do uh, a bunch of stuff. We had the um, Russian uh, version for a while, um, but it's it's too much work. Um, we're not succeeding. We're not doing everything that's at the core of it. We're not getting all the competitions up quickly enough. Um, there's competitions that sit around for like three or four weeks in the queue waiting to go on uh, at busy times. So until we've nailed that stuff, then messing about with extra social media is not is not what we're going to do. What we really need to do is update OpenLifter. Um, time is the biggest problem um, we have because Sean has to do the um uh, at least vet the the technical work that goes on um obviously we have people that come and contribute to it but he's the only one really that can um assess uh, a change a technical change um open lifter we were gonna do all sorts of things with it and add functionality to it and we we never have it's still sitting there on almost version one so that would be a priority from my perspective if uh, for our next big piece of work 
Um, honestly, can't say when we can get to that. If anyone wants to work on Open Lifter, drop us a message at issues at openpowerlifting.org. Um, you won't get any glory, you won't get any pay, but you can make a difference to powerlifting. <laughs> you, you won't get glory, the pay is garbage. Get some emails cussing you out. You, you, you yeah, yeah. Get you get a, a few post, of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you a post talking to you like you're trash, even though you're doing it all for the love yeah. of the game. That's that's but beyond that, um, how do you? How do you, well, for, I want to ask you about records, so don't let me forget about that area, okay. <laughs> but um, how do you deal with that in terms of, because you're anonymous um, to an extent with open powerlifting, right? It's not front-facing uh, as opposed to like, say, commentary. Boom, your name's on there and everyone knows, but it, does it help that it's anonymous or does it, because here's the thing. When you're anonymous and you're just a, a platform, people almost take for granted. So you can end up people just all they they're just going to see what they don't have and trash and trash you without realizing this is, you know, uh, there's people handing sources out around the world, but at the core of it is very few people doing very much work and they're people. They're actually people. It's like, yeah. it's like when you're in a car and you get cut off when you're not, you don't see their face easy to flip them off, tell them all types of crazy stuff. When you look at someone's face and realize, oh, that's a person now. Like that, yeah. that, that person's trying as hard as I think that's can. important to remember in all interactions on social media. It's very easy to, to think you're laying into the IPF by sending some vile message in. But really, you're just making my day a little bit more shit. Because <laughs> that doesn't go to the IPF. That goes to me. And right. I, I try and, uh, you try and, you know, it's not, personal it's not actually at you but still when you're trolling through vile comment after vile comment it brings you down i'd love to say it doesn't bother me and i try not to let it bother me but it, it kind of does last week was a hard week I, I got quite upset at some of the comments that were being made by people who should know better really um and the the some of the comments were so outlandish you think well that's not even really an accusation is it you're just throwing about horrible things to say Mm. Um, but it's still, it still, it doesn't make for a great day when you're wading through horrible, unnecessary comments. What I don't like is um, on the IPF page when you post uh, an achievement, a lift of world's world record, and there's horrible comments on that, should be embarrassed, should be ashamed, this isn't powerlifting. Fine, have those, have that conversation, have that conversation on Reddit with your friends over a drink, have it on a different post. Talk to your federation if there's things you don't like. But don't slack off some fucking girl who's done a brilliant bench press, you know. Mm. She's done she's done an incredible thing, you know. Does she have to look at all your horrible comments telling her she should be ashamed of what she's done? Really? That I, I hate that. I hate it so much. The policy is always leave comments on, apart from a couple of um uh a couple of exceptions, but I, I hate it. I hate it and it does, it makes me angry and it makes me upset when I see people. You're not having a conversation about powerlifting rules here, are you? You're specifically saying to this specific person that what they've done is no good. And that's the thing that I find the most upsetting of all. I wish I could just get rid of all of that. Everyone would be banned from the IPF page for saying shit things if it was up to me. It's it's tough. I know, uh, like I feel it with King of Lift, sometimes I'll, I'll post... And some of them, I know if I post this, 
I have to keep an eye on this for the rest of the night and the rest yeah. because the co and it could be it can get away from you because there's so much traction. Like if we get a million people in a week, I'm not going to see every single comment. No. Like sometimes I need people to be like, and I have had people like, hey, you should jump in the comments for this post uh, because you'll notice whatever. And I got to jump back in and start. You know, some people are ruthless. Some people yeah. like, it's not like they get personal on someone they never met, and it's like, hey, that's a person, huh? Like yeah. you're going at somebody, that's a person you're going at, right? Like be easy, man. Like, um, and some people, you know, it's whatever you delete or block or whatever the heck, or if it's legitimately just like, um, if it's sports talk, fine, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's difficult, but it's, it gets really know. personal and it can be really vile and you don't want to block people from the account because that's a badge of honor then, right? I've been blocked by the IPF. Right, right. Um, so you don't want to do it if you can help it. Um, the I, I don't understand this idea though that people message a social media account with vile comments inviting me to kill myself or do myself damage because they don't agree with some rule change in a sport. It just seems to be the wildest overreaction. And and also I think I look at these comments and I think you're not that angry to send me this. This is just a smart quip for you. But honestly. To ask to invite someone to do themselves harm because you disagree with a a rule change or something that's happening in the sport is is not acceptable behaviour. It really uh, isn't. It, if it you can... wouldn't cross the gym to say it to someone, don't say it to them on social media. One hundred percent. That's the one thing where social media has. Um, it's definitely it's 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 just like the road rage situations only amplified yeah. where it's dehumanized somebody to an extent. So that's where exact like the IPF page is not your personal account. So then they're not picturing somebody reading this. Mm -hmm. And then again, it's not face to face. You can't like, it's, it's actually difficult. How many times in life have I been like, man, I'm really mad about this, whatever it's at work or whatever it is. And then when you actually see your, your coworker friend or whoever it is, you're super pissed off at look at them in the eyes. You're like, it's actually a little tougher than I thought to tell this person off because they're a person and you're like, yeah. Oh damn, there's a human. They're human. You humanize them. Like, oh shit, maybe they made a mistake. And then you, you end up saying your, your, your mind, but you're a lot lighter than you thought you were going to yeah. be. Cause you're like, man, it's tougher than you think, man. They're all, we're all people. I could be on the other side of this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. Whereas it, it takes all that away when it's social media and it's just a, a branding, it takes all that away. Um, whether it's open powerlifting or IP, it's the IPF page that you're running or whatever, they're just like, wow, it's just like a, a, a entity that I'm going at. So I, who gives a shit? I'll say whatever I want. It's like yelling in the wind. Who cares? Well, yeah, no, it's Joe Whiteley. Let her me introduce yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's me. Um, and Instagram's done a funny thing recently, certainly on that account, where the you used to have to go looking for the um, for the hidden messages. But now they're right there in the front and I have to navigate away from that. So once upon a time, I could wait until I was, you know, sitting with a cup of tea and I could take a bit of energy to look in the in there. Because some people have legitimate questions and queries and I want to be able to direct them to the right place. Um, but now, as soon as I open the account, it's there looking at the, the message requests. And it means that I can't avoid seeing some of the horrible um messages there aren't that many generally uh, people post horrible comments on a lot of the um bench world records i don't know one of them's got like two and a half thousand comments on it oh I, my god I, I can't moderate that I, I can't look through all of that and make sure they're all 
appropriate. In fact, I know they're not appropriate. Um, when it's a smaller post and there's a, a couple of hundred in there, I can at least try and make sure that no one's getting attacked or there's no nothing really horribly vile in there. But really, it's just too big. There's too much of it to, to moderate effectively. Um, and I really just have to let it go. And every single person that trains uh, in IPF land um, tag the IPF in every bit of training they do. So the notifications is just insane. Yeah. If you're genuinely trying to notify the IPF or me about something, I will not say it. The notifications, <laughs> they spin past. If you think that everyone that everyone in the gym that you're in, they're all tagging the IPF in every every 40 kilo bench that they do. So I just, I, I can't, I can't wait through it all. I really can't. I mean, not to make it about KKLS right now, but I feel you because people like, why are you ignoring or what do you have against this guy, <laughs> this girl? And it's like, yeah. do you understand the notifications are like, I can't <laughs> possibly see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the only way I'm going to be able to see is if somebody that is already, I'm talking to in DMs because so then they're in my uh, primary yeah. or general. One of them sends it to me. It's a huge help a huge help or like a coach that I'm already talking to anyways is like, like Arian, obviously if he sends it to me or somebody that I already talked to is like, like Joey flex is like, Hey, take a look at this person and he'll do it. If it's not even uh, his own athletes, just like, Hey, have you seen this? Thank you, dude. Because it'll get so lost in notifications. It, it yeah. spins over so, so quickly. And, it's and you the drop off the bottom really quickly. So really? They're, they're, they're going up and you only have so many before they just drop off and you, you've got another load of them. So, um, if you are tagging the APF, hoping that they're going to look at something you've done, oh, you've got no chance. I'm sorry. I just cannot, <laughs> yeah. I cannot look at all of that stuff. I really can't. And we don't tend to repost um, training anyway. The only thing we post are world records um, and sort of news and hype stuff. Yeah. It's um at the very least, like you were at a huge amount of the competitions um, obviously with the databases, you're seeing numbers coming in, you're extremely involved. So you have your, a good temperature of the room. So mm -hmm. you, you, it's, it's tougher for things to skate by. Um, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's what helps is like for myself and my role as well. I can relate where at the very least you're doing the best you can. And in terms of, you know, with open powerlifting, every single federation, you know, it's such a crazy entertaining, tested, untested, wrapped, unwrapped. I actually wanted to let, let me double back now to the records conversation. Um, this is a tough one because people will say more of the all-time records. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, it, because you'll have federations where standards, you're like, ah, I'm not sure about this standard in terms of like, like the depth on squat or whatever. And then it becomes, yeah. what are we going to do here? You I mean, because even the best of federations might have an individual lift that seems shaky or, you know, so it's not even, it's like, okay, well, fine. We don't accept any, any lifts from this particular fed, but then oh, it's difficult. I know you can't win. You can't win. Then people in that fed will be like, excuse me, let me point you to this USAPL up, down deadlift or this IPF yeah. shoddy depth on like, what, what are we doing here? How, it's so difficult. So what we said, what Sean said uh, initially, is we have to accept what the Federation accepts. Um, and that's the end of it, really. If you can point at a bunch of federations that have shitty standards, then make your federation better, honestly. We we can't be the arbiters of what counts, what lift counts, what lift doesn't count. The second we say that wasn't to depth, we're not including it, then 
instantly we've got a list of 5,000 other squats that we need to look at and review. And that's not why we're here. We're not here to judge what, from a camera angle, what squat was a good squat or a non-squat. There's no easy way around that. We've all seen things go on that you think, that wasn't deep, that wasn't locked out, that wasn't a great lift. But you can't challenge. As soon as you get into challenge what the Fed say, then you're lost, really. We'll need a team of full-time people looking at every lift that's ever done. And this is the reason why we don't have unsanctioned competitions as well. Because you might have an unsanctioned competition that's four guys with their friend refereeing and none of the lifts are any good. Or you might have big dogs. Now, we're not going to look at every competition that happens and decide, was that big dogs or was that some guy in the gym with his friends? Every unsanctioned meet falls somewhere in there. We've included things historically that maybe we wouldn't include if it came up now. Our go-to answer is no, because every day someone says they, they're starting a new federation and we say, well, we're not taking new federations just now. There's plenty of federations out there that we can't keep up with. There's no real reason for you to have a new federation. So no, we're not going to include it. And then weirdly, that federation never turns up. Never starts to exist. But um what we'd like if you if you really are doing a new federation, then then go ahead. You have meets, hold meets, do have a proper rule book. You you want gonna want a background check your officials for sure. You train your referees, have a, a, a some kind of uh, qualification for your referees and hold great meets. By the time you've got four competitions done your lifters are going to be screaming at us to add their fed. So once it's been around for a couple of years, it's fed complete. We're going to have to add it. But if you come to us and say, I'm starting a new federation, our answer is no. There's there's no need for it. We haven't got the capacity for it. We can't do it. And that's the same for an untested, uh, an unsanctioned meet. We're doing it every, every day almost. We're doing a, an unsanctioned meet. Will you add it? No. And if it turns out after the event that, the five biggest dot scores ever done were done at that meet, then maybe we're going to have to look at it again. But the go-to answer is we can't. Even in the UK, there's gym meets, unsanctioned meets happen every weekend in our tiny, tiny little island. If you project that over the whole world, then we're full of, you know, meets that have debatable provenance. It might be great. It might be absolutely perfect. Might not be, but we don't have the capacity to go and check that out. And even if you've got a celebrity referee, that doesn't really tell me anything. If you've got a, a referee from this federation, two from that federation, and it's an unsanctioned meet, what what are the rules? Have you got a rule book? Do all those referees agree what the rules are? Mm. Do we even know what they are? So yeah, so it's difficult, and not everyone agrees with what we what we do. Um, and sometimes they disagree with what we do before we've even emailed them back, which is uh, not great. Um, but I think you can't please everybody. We had to, we never wanted to be arbiters of the sport. We were all kind of quiet, shy, data dweebs. And we just wanted to, you know, do our thing and get on with it. We, we never wanted to be arbiters of, of powerlifting, but we end up de facto having to make decisions like the new band shirts. Is that multiply? Is that unlimited? We had, uh, there was a lot of bad feeling about that. A lot of federations still disagree with the way we do it um, and just say, well, it's, it's multiply. We're just going to put it in multiply. But then the community pops up and says, okay, well, that was done in a band shirt. Here's a video of it. 
So it it makes it, it wasn't why any of us joined the project. You know, we we didn't none none of us decided to give time to a data project in order to seek power. That is that is not a, a route that you would go. Um, so it's hard when you get abuse for having been made to be an arbiter of uh, whether a banter is multiply or not. So you have to come to a decision, and then of course half the people think you made the wrong decision. But at least it was a decision. We got there and we we moved on. You, you, um, in terms of <coughs> the records, for instance, yeah, I could totally see. And this 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 discussion came up, I think maybe a couple of years ago, where maybe pow open powerlifting should be almost a governing body of such to say this will stand, this will not judging. But then I totally get where you would be like, look at is we lose our credibility as a database then once you start judging and start becoming a governing body and get political it's over now yeah, now we don't, we don't this, you open the door for everyone to be like aha gotcha now i have some real gripes with you now i can come at you and be like well bang bang boom if you just say across the board here it is um we're taking them all in and um it's it's actually not us to clean up the sport we will be the database so if you look at it and see something you don't like you have to clean up the sport elsewhere other ways other means but as soon as it comes on us we're not voted in we're not um we're not even trying to be overly public who we are yeah. you should be if you're literally making decisions wholesale decisions they affect the entire community and the history it would be like okay now what do we conversations do we have what rule book do we follow uh, how, yeah. do we do we have an ec do we vote these do we no what are we talking about here we're talk, starting to turn into our own federation you know like this like the, that it becomes, it's already crazy it's already a heck of a lot it's like no you know what it totally makes sense. We're going to be a database. You know, we had a, an email. We had an email just last week, someone saying, with all the problems with the federations now, um, I'd like to propose we all unite under the Federation of Open Powerlifting. And everyone on the project was like, no, no, yeah. can we not? That's, that is not what we're going to do. Because when we see the the, the shitty lifts that go on um, and we know that we're going to have to put that up, we all cringe a bit and it makes us a bit sad. But there's no... There's no way around it. You know, if Federation has passed that lift, then then it stands. It's in the history books. It's on their results. Even if a thousand people send us videos like people do, saying, look at this lift. It wasn't standard. Why have you included it? Well, send it to the Federation. Complain to the Federation about their standards. Until the Fed changes, we're not going to change what we do. You're a mirror, essentially. It's like, if yeah. you see problems, do something. But we're not going to be the ones that can, we can't do it. You know, it's, um, once you go down that path, you can't double back to just becoming a Here's the thing. There's something pure about just being a database, just collecting data and showing data. There's something pure about that where now people can't come at you because you're not making decisions on things like we vote this, you know, we're overturning this, that, or whatever. It's, it's in a, in a sport where there's a, it's far more political than it needs to be. <laughs> and there's um, so much going on like that. It's actually more refreshing. And when people think they want you to get political, they don't know what they're asking for. <laughs> when, when you look at the climate and how political everything is for a sport our size, trust me, this is the best way to operate. Just like, you know what? Well, it's, it's not 
it might not be clear to everyone, but we're called open powerlifting because it's open source. Mm. And what that means is that every single day we package up the whole project and put it as a download on our website. So you can have it. You can have it for free. You can stand up your own website with all the information you need. And then if you want to add some untested, uh, unsanctioned meets to it, you're, you're welcome to. You can do anything you like with the data. It's available for free. That's so we don't amazing. gatekeep any of it. The whole point of it is it's volunteer-led. We'll never take sponsorship. We'll never take advertising. So there's no undue pressure on us from anywhere, aside from just not liking advertising on, on the site. But you can have it. You can take the data. You can use it for whatever means you like. It's built into the uh, core of the project that it's open source and it belongs to the community. How amazing is it that we have that in the sport? Like, like if you guys never came along, it just would change everything. It feels like, like how often I go to open powerlifting, but how many sports out there who are roughly the same size as powerlifting have nothing like this. They have their federation in it, but there could be several federations, even in other sports. And they could, you'll have to go through like every single federation yeah. of every single nation to find out records, to find out results, to find out how crazy is it that we have this and how much of a gift is this? You know, and I like, think we can we can thank Sean Stangle for that. This was his vision that we we could record every lift on everywhere. And of course, we, we've got big gaps. We've got big gaps in Asia where the alphabet is different. That gives us a lot of problems. Mm. Matt Pierce did a lot of work on Cyrillic um, alphabets and also kanji. Um, but there's, there's a lot more work to do there. So if we're not covering your country and there's a there's an issue with translations, we, the, the site's translated into dozens and dozens of different languages. Um, and that happens when a person from that country pops up and says, you haven't got the translation quite right here. So we're like, come in, help us, you know, yeah. put the translation right. Um, yeah, the please. best reason, the best reason for anyone to come and get in touch and try and join the project is because there's something they want to do. The, the volunteers that don't stick around are those that think, okay, I want to give back. I want to help. What do you want me to do? And we kind of struggle with those people. The people that stick are the people that are beating on the door saying, let me in. I want to add this. You're not including my country. You're not including my federation. Let me fix it. And those are the people that stick around. So if you've got a burning desire, a burning issue that we're not doing what you want, join the project, fix it. We don't have time to do it for you. Just come in and fix It's like the uh, story, isn't it, of uh, someone who gets a job uh, as a developer. And in his first week, he fixes a problem and then puts his resignation in because he was just a user and he just wanted the problem fixing. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. what we need. If everyone came in and just fixed their own issues, we'd we'd be away. We really would. I, I want to talk a little bit about Sheffield, obviously, because we're doing that together. Yeah. But before we do, before though, I just want to pull up. So I saw that. I thought this was very interesting. Um, I seen this. Let me pull this up here. The warm-up room on Instagram shared some, uh, I believe this is from open powerlifting, some numbers that are okay. pretty, d d I think I sent this to you in DMs. Uh, Arian, do you have this as well? Uh, I've seen it before. I can pull it up right now. Yeah. If you guys want to pull this up, we could take a look at it because I think it's pretty interesting. Um, but essentially what they did, as you guys pull it up, I'll, I'll explain. It's, um, they took a bunch of the data from all over the world and, dis and showed what it is to make the top 10% in the world. Okay. okay. In, is this, is this accurate Joe or I, I see an expression on your face. Let's go before we. <laughs> so 
there's, there's always problems with data, isn't there? There's always problems. So where to start? So you always know someone who's taken a quick look at open powerlifting and not really understood the data when they tell you that uh, the dominant style in America is single ply because Texas high school powerlifting skews everything. So if you look at it, if you just extract the data with no core knowledge of what's going on, you'll look at that and you go, wow, single play is huge in America. And of course, we know that. We know that Roy is the dominant, um, the dominant style. But if you don't know that Texas high school have, um, they have a league where every high school in Texas competes with every other high school in Texas every week in season. So that produces a vast amount of, of competition and a vast amount of, of entries that are going to skew everything you're looking at. So you, there's, there's things you need to consider. Most people who compete in powerlifting compete once and then go away and never do it again. So there's going to be a huge chunk of data that are essentially beginners people who gave it a try, wasn't for them, they went away. So if you're looking at an end-to-end -end cohort, a huge patch of them here really aren't the people you want to be looking at because they they weren't really powerlifters to start with. They just tried it out, didn't like it, um, never did it again. So do you want to drop those off? Have you excluded all the seven-year-olds that are in the youth? You know, have you mm. thought about the the different um, the different types of lifter that are in there because I, I don't think I think most people extract the data they do a percentage okay that's that's it but it's difficult to really make it meaningful should it be 10% of the lifters that have done a couple of competitions and maybe we can call them power lifters should we be including the people that have only done one and are really beginners maybe I don't know I think we should definitely get rid of the people that are seven yeah. Skewing, skewing <laughs> the data a little bit. So, this is true. So then, then I guess we can't really look too far into this. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm reading the post and I can't see any sort of methodology uh, except for top percentage of lifters. So I think they've taken raw lifters and done a percentage. So, okay, that's fine. We need to understand that maybe the bottom 40% maybe aren't really who we're interested in. They may be little kids. They may be just beginners who tried out. I mean, they could also be 70, right? They say regardless of age. So it's like if you're yeah. a 24-year-old, you're comparing yourself to like an 80-year-old or an 8-year-old. Yeah, you have to understand that. It's still the data, but it is yeah. regardless of age. So it is pulling the averages down a little bit, I guess. I think it's pulling them down a lot. But you have to – I mean, who would you want to be doing a percentage on – I mean, this is relevant, right? It's everyone that's powerlifting. So maybe it is relevant that they're just taking that whole cohort. I, I, I don't know. Their data's it, difficult. It's always difficult. Yeah, because if you looked at it purely at, like, people walking the face of the earth that have tried powerlifting or not, like, if you want to know, how do I stack up to everybody in powerlifting as well as it'll give you an idea when you walk into a gym or just people, like, normal people walking around you, a powerlifter, a competitive powerlifter is, is like for them, it's ungodly what you're doing. They can't fathom. And this would help at least put a little perspective on that. Cause people on yeah. the street are all of all different ages, backgrounds, whatever. And if you ever think like, ah, what I'm doing is not that special. It, in that respect, it would be like, no, no, no. You compared to gen pop with 7 billion people walking around, you're, you know, you're a freak. You know, if, if you put in hours and hours and hours every single day, every week, every month, you probably are like around in terms of 
strength athletes or in terms of top end strength. So maybe it is. I know what you mean though. So if it's it's a difficult powerful. one. I've just I've just looked the women's up and I fall somewhere between one percent and five percent. And I'm a masters lifter. I've never competed in the open. I've competed in the masters um at world level, but um so is that right as an M2 that I'm between one and five percent? That feels a little bit inflated. You know, maybe top ten percent. But I feel like maybe I shouldn't be all the way up at about looking at a midpoint between those two, maybe three percent. That feels a little inflated to me. Mm. It's tough. It is, mm. uh, and that's in, you know, that's the thing with statistics. It can mean almost whatever you want it to mean when you start. You can slice it in a number of ways, right? You really can. I'm not even in the top 10%, so it looks accurate to me. Arian's <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the numbers actually are too hard. I don't know what you fucking guys are talking about. Apparently that 70-year-old stronger than me. <laughs> yeah. You're like, John LaFlemme is killing me right now. Uh, <laughs> right? He's, he's skewed everything. But but yeah, like uh, Joe was kind of saying with data, it's like, is what do you want to look at? So maybe yeah, if you want to compare yourself to every single person in powerlifting history, including the people who do like token lifts to qualify for nationals, the people who maybe got injured on squad and took token lifts on bench. And That's belt, very true, actually. Yeah, that, that shows you it. But then maybe it'd be interesting to see what if you just did like all the classic world championships? What's the average percentages there? Because people want to go to worlds and be competitive. This shows you like how competitive you would be at a high level competition. That's a nice that's a, that's a moving uh, field, though, isn't it? That moves on so quickly. Yes. that's also Every true. year, people do so much more than we think we've, you know, we watched um, in South Africa, we saw some incredible lifting. We saw Jess Bittner pull the biggest deadlift that ever was. But we don't think that's finished. You know, we're going to come back to, we're going to go to Sheffield, we're going to go to Malta, and we're expecting them to do even more. And it does. The standard rises every single year, especially amongst the women's. I think the men's lifting, there's a lot more um, maturity in the field uh, in men's lifting. Even 10 years ago, uh, there weren't as many women doing it. So we're, we're still looking for that maturity. So if you look at the world records, so many of the women's were in 2022. Mm. In fact, yeah. I was looking at that yesterday. Did you spot that every single total world record holder on the women's side is at Sheffield? Is that right? Yes, every one. That's just oh. amazing, isn't it? If I, um... it just look at, I wanted to start talking about Sheffield. This is a perfect segue. Thank you. <laughs> You're amazing at this. But um, wow, what a so that yeah, just shows so how unique got... an event it is. Tiff Chapon, Noemi Alibert, Jade Jacob, Leah Bavoir, too. She's got the total in two classes. And then Carlina, obviously, and Amanda Lawrence and Benika Brown, they are all at yeah. Sheffield. Every world record, every total world record holder. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I half, mean, half of them are French. Have you noticed that as well? <laughs> the, the rise of France has been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, especially on the women's side in the last especially couple of years. How, how did this, well, first off, how did you end up uh, commentating in the first place? How did you find your way on that? I didn't want to do it, um, essentially. <laughs> uh, I've always been quite shy and, you know, lurk in the shadows and um, I never really wanted to be the centre of attention. Uh, it was a real big thing, to be honest, to overcome going on the platform to lift. Um, a lot of shyness to overcome just walking out there, especially at the world. You know what it's like. There's cameras, there's lights. It's, it's a really scary environment. And I dealt with that by just looking at the bar. I walk out there and I'm looking at the bar and I never look away from the bar. Um, 
and in 2018, Bench Worlds. Something had gone wrong. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it was, but they'd um, the Viva TV were there, but there were no commentators. There were no MCs. Um, I can't quite remember what it was. Something someone hadn't made something, or some flights hadn't landed. I can't quite remember. But they were looking for people to do it, and Joe, my husband Joe, um, did a little bit of commentary, and they said to him, "Well, it's better with two. It's always better with two. So he was saying, "Come on, do it with me. Do it with me." And I kind of did it eventually to help out. And I really was very nervous about it. But within about five minutes of putting my headphones on, I was like, I was just watching the lifting and chat. I would have been doing this in the audience anyway and chatting about, you know, what was going on. Um, and it was a quick bench as well, which is the thing I'm best at in powerlifting. Uh, so I, and I just loved it. Within about half an hour, I just settled in. I was happy. I was chatting about what was going on. And I loved it. So I tried to get on wherever I went. Did a little bit in Calgary. I didn't do a session with you, I don't think. I did a couple with Gary. Yeah. Um, at that one. And then what was next? What was after Calgary? I'm not sure. Maybe it was all the way through to Helsingborg. So we did some sessions at Helsingborg. I did one with you. I did some with Gary. did some with Joe as well. And then Eric asked me to go to the um, Junior Equip Worlds as a solo commentator in um, Regina because Gary uh, couldn't make it for whatever reason. So I went and did that. That was a, an experience doing seven days end to end solo. Uh, oh my God. Initiation by fire. Um, but yeah, so then I was, then I was on the team and um been to quite a lot of things since then. Uh, was at Halmstad. We were back to back in Halmstad for about nine days, weren't we? That was a tough one. Listen, when I see people make a post and they did commentary and it was a weekend, but maybe it was a long weekend. So they're like, I can't tell. I'm so exhausted. Did three days of commentary and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's cute. I've done <laughs> 12 days, 12 days on the other side of the world. So yeah. I'll fly to the other side of the world, lose a day, time zone change. 12 days i mean m 70 year olds m4s children the whole nine right to the open and then fly back home so we're talking like it's that's a wrap man that's and then i think i think was it was it nine days we were solo back to back doing different platforms and then three days on the same one yeah but i know was, that i was i was losing i was nearly psychotic by day crazy. six i really was and people in in over the course of 12 days like that and how many hours by yourself, et cetera, never once you're trying not to slip. Uh, God forbid you ever say a swear yeah. word or something, but just if ever you get something wrong, everyone will remember that. But it's yeah, like, absolutely. do you realize how many hours, how many minutes, how many days in the stretch? It's insane. I remember afterwards, um, it was Richard who pulled me aside, Richard Hayward and said, um, you know, it's crazy what you guys are doing because they've done Viva Television, who do the um, IPF worlds, have been in television for decades. Um, you know, Sugar Ray is is literally ageless. And he's, he we'll, broadcast the moon landings. That's how old Ray is. Broadcast yeah. moon landings. Yeah. And he was 75 at the time. So <laughs> do the math. And uh, he'll talk about, I remember I was... Um, just quick story here. Let me do a quick story time. Well, we were in 2017 and you uh, you there, Arian, at the banquet. I remember Big Z was there. It's Junus Savikas. 
I was, I wanted to talk to him so bad, but I was nervous. It's Adrian Savikas. And he's lovely like, though. Yeah, he's amazing. And Richard's like, let's go talk to him. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's like, come on. He goes, he goes, you know what? Every single guy in here wants to talk to him, but they're too afraid. And I bet you he's lonely and wants to talk to somebody. He's talking to, he's talking about Zadrunas like, like Zadrunas is a pretty girl. And I'm like, I don't know. You think so? He goes, he probably wants to talk to somebody, but everyone's intimidated. And I'm like, I'm going to go talk to Zadrunas of Vegas. So I walk up to him like, hey, man, um, we met before. I don't think you remember. And then we just started talking, right? Broke the ice. Freaking and and Richard and I look back at like Richard and they're like, yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> Thumbs up, right? And, like I'm talking to that pretty girl. They're so proud of me. And then freaking Sugar Ray walks in between us and goes, um, you know, I want to tell you about the time I was working with the BBC and met Mick Jagger. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, fucking Mick Jagger, I can't compete with Mick Jagger. And, and I, I just drew us turned to Sugar Ray and they started having a conversation and I'm just out of the conversation. And I remember walking away and I'm like, oh man. Afterwards, Richard, afterwards, Richard's like, Sugar, you just, you know how long it took him to build up the courage to talk to Zajunas? And he just walks over. Let me tell you about the time I was working with the BBC and met Mick Jagger. And I'm like, damn it, Sugar. Took him, you took my that's, girl from me. That's Viva TV keeping us grounded. That's right. That's right. You can't compete with Sugar Ray. But um, I forget what we were talking about beforehand now. Oh, do you know what, though? While we're talking about commentating at Helmstad, it was about day five, I think. And these were long days, weren't they? They were three sessions a day. Um, That the French guy had the strap under his um, outfit. I was commentating on that. And I heard all, I saw all these comments afterwards, like, how did the referees not see any of this? And I'm like, man, we were six days in. I couldn't see a foot in front of me. <laughs> and this guy ran on holding his wrist like this. And you think I was going to see something under his he, T-shirt? We had no chance. This is the famous, anyone listening, he was in the, he was in the Masters unequipped. And he was wearing equipment under a singlet. It wasn't um, even real equipment. He he taped a band to his arms and under across his chest. You know, like a thick fitness band, almost like a slingshot, but not quite not as not as obvious. It wasn't actually a slingshot, but yeah. it was. Yeah, he, he was looking for the same effects. Yeah, and it looked like he might have also had ra- knee wraps under his weird ass knee sleeves. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but it we don't like know for might, sure. Yeah. It might have had a super suit on um, under his singlet. It was so, very bizarre, but it's not just the commentator. Every single person there, like this, you could easily say, like, why wouldn't the commentators know? No, everybody there. He did eventually get busted, by the way. It's just, yeah. it's some things are so bizarre. You're like, could that be? Nah, that's crazy. And every time he came on, I'm like, oh, he's late to the platform again. He seems to be in a hurry. You did. And, I, and he's, he's holding his arm as he hurt his arm. But, you know, he was just trying to protect that he was, he had all this equipment on. But the people that said it was obvious and we should have all seen that, you know, you, you honestly, you have no idea. Well, he got you get five days into that and you don't know what's going on, honestly. Well, we he did. Um, he did. I, I remember quite a dramatic way that video of um, <laughs> the Italian coach following him around the building. It was that was hilarious. It was yeah. amazing. The Italians went chest to chest with this dude. They chased <laughs> him down and were like, oh my God. And then the guy went and locked himself in the toilet, got in the building from the front, locked himself in the toilet, got all this stuff off, shoved it in a bin, and then came out like, what? Yeah. What? What's the matter? What? And, um, I remember like I was reposting it because obviously, like, okay, this, uh, this is somebody who deserves to be shamed. And uh I remember people, somebody, I think it was coach, was like, please, 
you know, don't, don't post, don't share. We didn't know. I didn't know he was cheating. I'm like, yeah, come on, man. Come on. The man. coach was rushing him out of the warm up, putting a towel around him, rushing him back, which yeah. is why no one was seeing him. He wasn't hanging out in the normal warm up space. He was outside. Yeah. And that's why he was late to the platform every time because they'd rush him through the space, throw him onto the platform. And, and then take him right outside. There's yeah. a side door that he wasn't warming up with everybody else. There's a side door out of the warm-up room. And the Italians are like, why is this guy outside every single time they saw it? And they followed him out. And they're like, busted. They're like, you know, they're going to chase it out. And it's a situation. Um, and I, I remember now what I was going to say is Richard telling me how in all of his years of television, decades of it, he's like, I don't know ever where somebody sits in the pocket like the commentators and do nine to 12 days straight of live television, live television for a week and a half straight every day. It's and some, some days are 12 hours. Yeah. These aren't, these aren't two sessions or we could have three sessions for it. It could be insane every day for 12 days. He's like in all the television I do, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Oh. And um, it's kind of like the open powerlifting conversation where it's like, all right, so it's easy to throw shots, but you don't realize how, how, how amazing people are doing. It's like, holy, but it's all over. Like, I can't believe I held it together. We did it. We you know, high fives. But the, but the thing the people, the people remember is the, the one thing you got wrong, the one thing yeah. you, the, the stat that you quoted that wasn't right or the name that you said that wasn't the right way. That yeah. That's the thing that people will talk to you about. Not the 24 hours that you put in that was, perfect but there's a couple of little mistakes you made here and there sometimes some people there are a lot of people who give hats off but there are some people who are looking True. for something True. some people True. are looking for a little something something um and then sheffield let's talk a little wow. bit about sheffield where we got you on how freaking how excited are you how did this come about for yourself and then when you found out what was your impression? What were you like? Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> well, I've, I've kind of been around in different functions with Sheffield because I worked for SBD. I was involved with, with this uh, first time around. Um, I changed jobs um, after lockdown. Um, essentially, it's... I, I live maybe 10 miles away from Sheffield. So to hear Ooh. this is talked about as an event, not the town that's 10 miles away is, has been really odd. Until you talk about Sheffield as well, Ryan. Sheffield. That's, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. That's not what we say. No, Sheffield. No, no. No, no. no I've been um, told. People like don't say Sheffield. Some people, <laughs> you hear it once or twice, and they're like, fuck, now it's in my head. <laughs> so if it was in Australia, it'd be Sheffo, wouldn't it? Would it? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Aussies <laughs> like to put an O on everything. But... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. So we, we've got, this is the second incarnation of Sheffield that's come around. This one's actually going to happen, which is fantastic. It was so close to lockdown um, and we were a week from the competition when it got shut down. Um, I'm, I'm sure you remember, uh, which was really hard. Um, so this time around, um, Pete asked Joe to be the announcer quite some time ago. Um but he asked me a few weeks ago if I was going to commentate as well. I knew that you were doing it as well, of course. You know, like I'm going to miss that. You're um, like, look, he... not happy you're having to work with Ryan again, but let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll At least it's like one day this time. That's right. It was, like, just uh, one day. Yeah. It was a lot like uh, we had the UK Arnold here uh, in September. 
and that was phenomenal. There was, there was lots of different sessions. There was bench, there was uh, equipped, there was all sorts. But the women's raw session was without a doubt the best session of powerlifting I've ever watched, commentated on. It's absolutely superb. World records going all over the place. Um, and Leah Bavwal put up the highest jail points that anyone has ever done. And Joy broke the... Um, the deadlift record and the total record and Carola Garra, Carola Garra was right up there as well. She traded the world record total with Leah Bavoil for a little while. Um, it was just the most phenomenal competition I've ever seen. And all those people are going to be lifting again in Sheffield. So this is like the whole world championship compressed into one day, which is absolutely phenomenal for me. Um, and we get some of those battles to go again. Some of the ones that were really tight in South Africa uh, get to go again. The 93s is going to be really crazy. The um, joy in the 57s is going to be um, amazing. Um, interestingly, she's actually lifting the British Nationals is the week before Sheffield, which is an odd bit of timing. Um, and joy is lifting or she's on the roster to lift that'd be crazy at nationals the week before and she's going to lift at 63 that's still crazy though yeah well i don't know why she's why she's doing that whether she's has to put a performance in unless i, I really don't know in, but it seems in, mad like unless there's um like you said maybe she has to she'll do some token show up mm. token here token there or um if the week before she normally does some heavy singles this is actually totally yeah. normal maybe this if she's is her like last Warm yeah. Up, yeah. And she's like, look, it's going to be my normal heavy singles. I'm not good, but she better not go beyond that. Cause I'll tell you what, well, <laughs> to your point, in terms of all of the competitions coming around this year, Arnold classic phenomenal roster, um, obviously worlds, USAPL, mega Nats, great rosters. But in terms of in one day, head to head, not a calculator, not like, let's be honest, uh, a calculator is fine, but there's nothing like a good old fashioned head to head. You look at what happened in South Africa, that session of the 76s with Agatha versus Jess in the 93s is, was all one session. And that might've been in all my years and all my sessions of commentating the best session I've ever done in my life in Sheffield head to head, no calculator, no nothing. Four 93s head to head like that. Um, Agatha, Carlina, in in just the, the, the 76s. 76s i don't want to take it away from a whole bunch of phenomenal athletes because we've got the best lifters some of the best lifters in the world they're all incredible they're mostly record holders already but the 76s for me you know i love agatha shitko you know i've been following her career since she started out i've commentated on or written about just about everything she's ever done and to see her go really force Jess into doing something so incredible was amazing. It was just absolutely brilliant. And then we get to do that again. But now we've got Carlina. The terror. The 76 so, kilo terror. She's a problem. Yeah. So I'm not sure how this is going to go. You can. It's really hard to get a sense for Agatha where her training is because she's, she's equipped half the week. She's raw half the week. She trains every day and competes every weekend I, I i don't know it's really hard to really get a sense of uh of where she is but i think carlene has got momentum i do Carleen? i think she's she's, she's yeah but she's coming the furthest she's coming a very very long way so i'm hope she's coming early uh, carlina for sure it could be a coming out party for her as well as um in terms of showdowns head to head again all in the same day 
Joey versus Jad was a fucking phenomenal showdown at IPF Worlds. I mean, right down to the very last deadlift, an amazing battle. It was half and, a kilo, wasn't it? Yeah. It, but it was, Bobby Butters was only two kilos behind them again. And I think not having Bobby here, I would have loved to see that. And you know, right. she's local. I would have loved to see Bobby well, in there. Well, maybe she's an alternate. Who knows? But hopefully nobody drops out. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we won't have to go there. But um, if you look at Jad Jacob and Joy, though, half a kilo separated them at Worlds. And since then, Jad Jacob Joyce still yeah. half a kilo separates them at the world record so for the total. So in terms of showdowns, head-to-head, Sheffield is absolutely stacked with already proven entertainment mm. in the same weight class. And then on top of that, we got these ladies and gentlemen, like on the gentleman's side, Jesus Oliveira's, Taylor Atwood, et cetera, who are just going to rewrite history books and what they're going to do. Jesus Oliveras has the ambitions of breaking the tested and untested world records and possibly being Taylor. Taylor wants to do something that is going to reaffirm himself as the king of powerlifting. And then all the women that broken these world records. Um, I mean, it's crazy. I don't think anyone's got the possibility of getting the full payout. Have they? You'd need to win and get the record in squat bench and deadlift in order to get the full 40 K. I think. Ah, uh, to there's there's yeah there's twenty five k for winning, and then yeah. you get five k for world records. You don't get uh, anything for the total world record because that's how we're ranking the whole competition. But five k for squat, bench, or deadlift. And I'm just kind of looking at the records now, and I don't think even Taylor Atwood can clean sweep it to forty k because he uh, he can't take the bench record. What are you seeing, Aaron? You see, can you think of anybody, sir? Uh- I was trying to think of who the closest person would be, and it, and it might be um, would it be Amanda or Bonica might be like the closest. See, I don't think Bonica will either. I think the bench is out of range for uh, Bonica since Mahalia Reeves knocked it up to one sixty four or thereabouts. Um, so I think even, and I, I don't think she's near the deadlift record either, is she? So um, I don't think even Bonica will. Yeah, she. I think maybe she's like attempted it before. I don't remember because she's done like around two fifty or something before. But yeah, I was just thinking of the people. The closest would be, I guess, a man is kind of far with the bench now, so it might be Bonica. I think would be the the closest to be able to attempt all of them. But yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna be able to do it. It's a testament to how competitive powerlifting is, or yeah. no one person's that dominate a force. Even Taylor Atwood isn't gonna uh, clean sweep the whole set. He's well, old. unless he's put a lot on his uh, bench recently, he might have. Yeah, uh, apparently, what did he bench at that? Uh, he did like an exhibition lift, and it was crazy big bench. Yeah, I forget now. I forget what it was, but it was it was insane. Um, so he has put on his bench now. Okay, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't squat it's, first and max out on squats. Yeah. He's yeah. around, I think, like two hundred, but from two hundred to two twelve point five, it's a bit of a reach. It's yeah, yeah, it's a big ask. I mean, probably not. We're we're just talking. Who might? Uh, I mean, it's a possibility. But you also—he's trying to build his total, so I don't even know if you gamble for that. He—he he wants to win the whole pie. He wants to be the king once again. And and I, the the classic reply when Bob Matthews finished twenty twenty two with the highest dots, um, Taylor and and posted in De- it was December that he competed and he posted and Taylor Atwood slid into the comments and said, "Only because I let you." And it was like, oh. 
Damn. You, you know what, though? This does bring up the issue that um, some people didn't do their best at the World Championships. They didn't max out, really, in order to save it for Sheffield. And I think that's a little bit of a flaw in the way it's set up. I mean, this is the first time out. We can work on it, right? We can we can do this better. But I think that people should be doing their best at the World Championship. It's what the fans want. The fans don't want to see you holding back. So yeah, we we'll need to sort of tweak the format or the timing maybe so that people still want to go all out. But... Yeah, we'll have to see how it works because even um, in, and this is the beautiful thing about like something like Sheffield, for instance, is um, this time around you use records uh, for something unique and to, and to maximize it. And um, you know, if you use dots, a guy like Jesus is like dots murders me. I have no chance. Yeah. Thank you very much. Whereas, so there's no, essentially what I'm saying, there's no like clear best way. However, with Sheffield, because it's fluid, what they, a, what I like is they stack the deck with head to heads as much as they could. So we have all the best head to heads we could possibly make. Yeah. Like we got maybe not all, but obviously we have a, a good solid base. We already know joy and Jad already proven phenomenal and since then are still neck and neck we already know 776 is phenomenal 93s these are guaranteed you it's so stacked your guaranteed action is going to be good now moving forward the reason why sheffield special is they can be like all right that worked there what's next how do we do it next time maybe they do more head-to-heads and don't worry about overall who knows if they're using dots ipf whatever maybe, maybe this isn't on sheffield to change maybe we just need someone to be challenging those people at the top a little bit more competition it's only the people that That's are true. kind of walking away with their class that could afford to hold back a little bit but you know I it's mean, nine months between worlds and sheffield you can get half a kilo stronger Go I, I mean i mean because people could say well, you're right maybe because it's for someone like taylor atwood for instance historically period i've know because i've been burned with this how many times i try to hope hype up a showdown this is the year someone's gonna push taylor this is the year like at uscpl nas 2019 i learned my lesson hard and it just <clears> never <throat> happens taylor it doesn't matter he's just it's one of these deals where there's stuff that you could do about it sometimes if he wants to hold back or he wants to go all out you know it's he's just so far ahead of everybody else but on the flip side people emerge oh my god carlina just came out of nowhere it seems and um and now, what are we doing so here? The thing, the interesting thing there is we haven't seen her really challenged. What's she like under pressure? Right. If she needs her final deadlift, is she is is the the stress going to get to her? Is the nerve going to go? Um. I mean, what what Jess Bainer did coming out for that deadlift was just incredible, honestly. Because the pressure of that, no one has ever lifted this weight before. But you need that to win. The, yeah. the pressure of that moment. Will make or break you, I think. Um, Jess Bittner rose to the challenge, but I don't think we've seen Carlina tested like that. Oh, we haven't. Here's the thing the, the Commonwealth Games, while an international competition with international judging, and that's an official world record because of it, was in New Zealand. It was in her home country in terms of travel and all the rest of it. It was not an issue in terms of um, being pushed by, and not only is Jessica Bittner and Agatha obviously world class, they're both world champions, but Jess might be the biggest star in women's powerlifting when she competes all eyes on it. When Jess posts hundreds of thousands, like it's crazy that the traction she has, she, the, there's going to be a lot of heat in that kitchen. So to your point, you're going to get pushed and Jess is battle tested when you're in the back and it's like, you got to pull for the win. What am I pulling? Well, it's the biggest deadlift we've ever seen in history. 
but a little bit more than you've done before. <laughs> but but exactly, or anybody in history. And and Jess is like, load it up, and and we already know. So um, that is that can't be like in terms of what that does to you. It'll rob you of your sleep. It'll rob you of your appetite. It'll rob you of your performance if you're not worried. Even just that day, you expend so much more energy when you're nervous. And when people start gassing out by deads and like I, I don't know, deads just didn't show up. You know, like how much were you eating? Because you're I've, I've been back there with people and they're like, I'm like, you should eat something. I'm not hungry. I know you're not hungry because you're nervous as shit, whatever. But literally calories in are calories are a unit of energy. You need energy, right? Or the whole thing. How have you been sleeping? Everyone knows sleep and performance. Have you not been sleeping all week? Cause this is the biggest meat of your freaking life. It's the biggest meat in powerlifting history. This is to your point. Yeah. 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 This, this will be a lot different. Um, and that's okay. She might rise to it and be like, fuck, she rose like a champ <clears throat> or it could make it a whole lot more interesting. No, I don't know. I, I feel like she's got this huge amount of momentum. I feel like her 600 wasn't maxed out. I think there was um, there was mistakes made. I think she can do more. I think the travel is going to be hard on her, but I think I'm really excited to see her at Sheffield. You know, I love Agatha Shitko. Yeah. I haven't seen, I don't know if she's keeping her training under wraps. I haven't seen a huge amount of it, but I, I, I don't tend to stay on top of everything because there's so much going on. I've got so many different jobs. So I don't tend to stay uh, on top of where everyone is uh, on Instagram. Um, before a competition, I'll kind of sit down and spend a day um, looking through, uh, checking through people's training and things. But but people like um, Agatha, I, I keep up with um, quite regularly and I just don't haven't seen any huge lifts from her at all. So maybe that's, that's all a bit hush-hush at the moment. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was going to mention too, um, it would be interesting as far as the coaching aspect because Dominic coaches Carlina. He also, also coaches Joy. So I don't know if yeah. you all can bring in to help him. Even if you do bring someone to help you, if you know your lifter the best, you know your lifter the best. So like while you're trying to talk to Joy and figure out your battle with Joy against Jad and overall whatever, mm -hmm. and you're like trying to put a change in whatever, like you have to then go get Carlina ready depending on what the order is. They might be back to back or one lifter in between and stuff like that. So like you can't spend too much time on one lifter. You have to get your other lifter too. So you have to be balancing that out. Well, I wonder if Joey will have Paul Marsh because he's, he's uh, coached a lot in the past. Um, and he's a very familiar figure. He, he's coached, uh, I think, at Worlds last year, certainly Worlds in Helsingborg. So maybe maybe he'll be there to, Could be to help since out. They... Yeah, yeah. They each get a coach, but like I know myself as a coach, like these are like my lifters, and he's been with Joy for so many years that like yeah. he would still want to be there for the moment yeah, and of make course. all decisions and get them ready. So like you have to balance that out as well. So that's gonna be an interesting aspect. Have you decided yet? Are you gonna come and watch? Uh I'm figuring it, I'm figuring it out. I'm going to the Dominican Republic Nationals to help them out. And I was okay. trying to set up a seminar, everything like that. So I'm finalizing that because that's the weekend after Sheffield. I'm trying to figure out those dates to see if I can fit both in. Um, but I have been looking for plane tickets. I've been okay. looking at hotels. I've been talking to Pete about it, about getting a ticket and everything like that. So it seems more and more likely. I just got to okay. finalize it and decide do I want to spend the money. Nice. But I think it's nice. going to be cool. Like, um, you never know what's going to happen if this is going to be the only one or whatever like that. But you're assuming this is going to be a regular thing every year um, in the UK. Maybe in the future they do other places as well. But to say like, hey, I was at the very first Sheffield. I was there when these yeah. lifters battled out, blah, blah, blah. I was there when this lifter won however many thousands of dollars or whatever. Then it'd be cool to be able to go and experience that. It would that. be cool. It would.
How many, sorry, how many 95s do we have, or 93s do we have in here? Is it, it's some, I, I want to say five, but that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, sorry, crazy. I forgot about Omar. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's sorry, Chance, Trastev, yeah, yeah. Kaiko, Gavin, and Amar. I, well, I, totally... I was, I was going to say, is someone going to run to the 105s to get away from all that? But I don't think there's any any um, space to run to in the 105s. And, the, and that's the where they're crazy. Yeah, and that's where their money is because Amar and Gavin can take the squat. Kaiko can take the yeah. bench. Uh, Chance uh, can take the Delaf. Krastev, I think, can also take the bench, possibly. His bench seems to be really strong. And then Krastev, Chance, Kaiko, Gavin could all take the total. Yeah, that, that 93s. Gavin's hit 880 before. Um, like the, all those guys are capable. Uh, I don't know. And looking at what they're saying in the stories and in their captions and what they think they're capable of doing on that day, we're looking at 900 kilos and up, quite possibly. And several of them could do this. Now, depends on what happens on that day, I know. But holy smokes, man, the 93s, like it is going to be a straight four way battle there. And, and Omar looking to take a record along the way as well. Like Omar is, isn't going to be up there on total, but he's a threat for a record as well. And he's, he's capable to put on some big lifts as well. It's going to, the 93s is super stacked and talking about the one Oh fives just recently in terms of uh, Emil Norling, what he did at the Swedish nationals with a 928.5. It'll be interesting to see the rematch between him and Michael Davis. USA's Michael Davis. He, he's got an opportunity here. You know, some people weren't sure. Is he going to get that wild card? And now that he's got the wild card, I mean, Emil Norling looks on point, but he's six weeks out and he maxed out on those lifts. Those were not. He did. Yeah. Comfy. And I don't think they're super close to the records in the 105s either. That would be in a totally. Yeah. So mm. it's nine. Well, kind of. And Beersbeck is deadlift at 390. So. Yeah. Yeah. But he's maxed out at 10 kilos. He's not going to get 10 kilos stronger. I think about Emil. He's not right. going to get 10 kilos stronger in six weeks, is he? I don't, I, it's, I wouldn't say no for sure. <laughs> I've seen crazy things in my life. Like, 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 where did that come from? Um, it is 10 kilos, so it's not the craziest, but nonetheless, the battle it, So here's, here's what I do like about this as well. And this is another showdown that, um, we got to mention as well that I didn't mention off the hop, but the Michael Davis, Emil Norling showdown, even in of itself, even if there isn't a record, the fact that those two gentlemen and Sheffield and SPD did a good job recognizing, look, Anatoly's not in this mix. Um, and maybe a record isn't on the table there. So let's bring a showdown. Cause I, I yeah. tell you what, I love seeing records fall, but I also like a good steady back and forth right down to the very last dead. And those two battled it at a world. And it was a beautiful scrap right down to the deadlifts. Um, they're going to push each other, whether or not Norling or, or, or Davis gets the world record. I'm not sure, but we're guaranteed they're going to scrap and it's going to be entertaining. So, so, that, so that gives us everything really, because we've got the head to heads, uh, battles, but we've also got classes like the 93s where all the records could go one of fives, maybe not, but we've got some head to head action. Right. We've got people out on their own, really like Taylor Atwood is, uh, is he really going to get challenged by anyone? But is he going to pick up the, the full quota of records? So I think there's plenty going on there. There's lots of different aspects all going on at the same time. Yeah. Which will be interesting. A bit hard to keep on track of, Ryan. I hope they've got some good data for us. Oh, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so crazy, stupid prepped. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have conversations leading into it just to alleviate our anxiety to be ready. But uh, 
Yeah, like Taylor, you can't really, there's not too many people you could bring in for him, certainly in his weight class, but there is the whole, look at what he did at USAPL 2021 Nats. There was nobody there to push him, but Taylor, there's certain people that are special. So a Taylor Iwood could show up. You're not going to find anyone who can push him in his weight class, but if he puts on a special day, you know you're witnessing, like everybody will remember the 2021 Nationals performance he did. If he does something like that at Sheffield, you're you're not going to want to miss it. You're, there's no one you could have brought in for head to head, but you're going to walk away like I can't believe what I, I witnessed history. I, the, his 2021 Nats might be the finest powerlifting performance I've ever seen. If not, it's got to be in the top five. It's it's remarkable. Same with Jesus Oliveras. There's nobody really like he, he's so good right now. However, um, if he has an opportunity of taking the untested, tested, or just being the greatest super heavyweight performance, single super heavyweight performance we've ever seen, period, that is special. That means he might be the strongest powerlifter we've ever seen, period. It's, so he's close to the total record, is he? I believe. Well, he's, t- I don't know. How, I don't know if he can, but it's a possibility. It's one of those, it's a push. It's a push. But it's it's within range. It's within reason. Um, looking at some of the stuff he's done in training, and also remember his age. I mean, he's young. His rate of adaptation and training is phenomenal. No, you're it's, right. He did eleven ten, didn't he? You, you essentially, yeah. essentially, whether Jesus is against someone or not, you can't not see history of the greatest, strongest powerlifter we've seen possibly doing the biggest feat we've ever seen. Like, how do you? No, I, th- I think you're right. You know, I it's, think. It's, um... Yeah, I think he the eleven ten he did would take it, wouldn't it? It'd take the world record. And, and he's that, been talking about like maybe doing another fifteen kilos on that squat, another fifteen kilos on that bench, and then whatever he needs for deadlift. So that would already be more than that. So he doesn't even need to do that much sure. more than that. He, he didn't have his he didn't have his best day in South Africa. So what happened for him then is was it travel? He was injured as well, though. He was said, it? Uh, okay. So what, a hip injury which actually made it difficult, uh, like extending out, like locking out on dead's log. He actually, we had him on the podcast afterwards. He didn't want to, he didn't want to say a whole lot of it at the time. Sounds like an excuse, but as time passed, he could be like, okay, here's full disclosure. But um, having said that, yeah, the, the beautiful thing about Sheffield, you got the head dad matchups and then the singular performances like Jesus and, and Taylor. It's like, how, how do you miss? How do you miss? Um, you know, those guys doing what they're going to do when it's history. Like it feels like, there isn't going to be a single, tell me another one single day in powerlifting on the calendar that can match this. It's crazy. Like matchup head to head, head to head matchup, no calculator needed. It's stacked. And then, oh, by the way, do you like seeing crazy, stupid records fall that are just like, everyone's going to talk <clears throat> about the next day and you know it. It's it's so stacked. It's a... Uh, yeah. I'm so, so what you what what are you saying for the biggest? Because the winner is the one who broke the total world record by the most, essentially by the biggest proportion, isn't it? Well, here's that's the thing. how you win. Jesus said, "Listen to and and Aaron, you were there on the podcast." Jesus said, "I know people are saying it's Taylor. It's going to be Taylor, right?" He's like, "Let me tell you something. If Taylor shows up." batting around 815 to 820, which is ridiculous. He's the only 74, 75 in the world that could do this. So it, it's just ridiculous for him to be able to do 815, 820. However, if he shows up and does around there, which is crazy, Jesus is like, crunch the numbers. I think I might be able to take Taylor. He thinks he might be able to win this. 1150, 1145, something like that he'd need. If Taylor got that, that's okay. Right. And what's That's the big, a, what's the biggest he said's done so far? 1110. Need, so need 11, it, 
45. But it's if, so- if Aaron was talking about he's got 15 kilos on his squat and whatever else. I mean, that's 30 kilos right there. Like it's, <laughs> it's, um, like, like when we're talking about a 30 to 40 kilo jump, we're talking, we're already in the thou- 1100 kilos, like percentage wise. I realize when we talk, like, this isn't like somebody in the 700 to 800 kilo range. This is someone who's 1100 kilos. So 30 to 40 kilos when you're up there, percentage wise is the same jump as when we talk about these other individuals doing these percentage jumps. It's yes, it's ambitious, of course, but in terms of like, could this happen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen. Look, leading into 2021 Nats, no one would have thought Taylor was capable of doing 838.5. Everyone would be like, that's ridiculous. You're a fool to say that. Who knows? And Jesus is young. He's like 24. In terms of putting on 40 kilos to his total, he's like, what are we talking about here? I've done these jumps already. I don't know. It would be insane if Jesus, A, wins Sheffield, B, takes tested and untested and becomes the single biggest performance we've ever seen by any powerlifter, period. Um, what a story would it be for that young man? And that is on the table. The only way you're going to know is if you watch. How the frig do you miss <laughs> that? How do you miss that? You the know, and, thing, and, sorry, go ahead, Derek. I was going to say the other thing for Jesus is uh, for the 84 plus and the 120 plus, you don't have to worry about cutting weight. So everyone else has to travel and cut weight. But for the way this way is scored, you don't have to cut weight. So Jesus has a whole year from when he did the nationals last year, hit that 1110 to put on more muscle, not worry about weight cutting, eat as much as you can going into the meat with all the traveling. And so you get a little bit of benefit there. And this is um, to the point of Sheffield, the way they set it up and there's no best way in terms of formula. But what I do like is that um, cause dots would murder Jesus and uh, and GL points. He just can't win. But what I do like is that they actually set it up. So the big man who might put forth the biggest performance we've ever seen could be crowned the Sheffield champ. And it's actually, he's got a far better chance with this setup. And I actually like that as a purist who's like, look at kilos is the, is, is what it's all about. in the end of the day, in the fact that the biggest, strongest ever, if he puts forth the biggest performance we've ever seen in powerlifting, I hope that is in contention to win the tournament in using another formula. He would not be in contention. So that's why it's like, you know, it's you're never going to win it all. There's pros and cons to it all, but at least for this year one, I'm happy with this. We year two, you know, we reevaluate though they'll reevaluate whatever it is, what it is. But uh, I am crazy excited about it, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's uh, the least yeah. distance I will have to travel to do any commentary ever. Yeah, yeah. it is <laughs> literally just over the hill over there. That is crazy. <laughs> it's uh people asking like, why is it called Sheffield? Because I think the plan was, it's like Wimbledon. It's just, it's it's like that. It's like every year, same city, doesn't travel, doesn't move. It's not like IPF Worlds or whatever. Well, it's, it's the home of SBD. They live and in it's Sheffield. the home, yeah. yeah. And hopefully it has its um, place in history on the calendar where you just say the name of the city and you know. And it doesn't move around, doesn't change, doesn't whatever. It's Wimbledon. It doesn't stay. Yeah. It's not the US Open. It does, you know, it's, it's yeah. So uh, if that's the plan, but yeah. We'll see. I'm I'm crazy, super duper excited. Um, is there, Arian, is there, let me double back on my, is there any questions that you might've had, sir, that uh, we didn't get in there? I know we've been chatting. We've already crushed two hours, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we went through a lot. Yeah, it's been, um, Joe, at some, we got to have you back first off. Uh, okay. Back on the podcast. Um, we, it, this, the, we crushed two hours pretty easy, but we had a lot to cover in terms of open powerlifting, et cetera. Yeah, Absolutely. I think uh, it's, it's great to be honest. I think it's the first time anyone's ever come out and talked openly about 
open powerlifting. We're like people who hide in the shadows. Um, and we've talked about doing a Reddit AMA uh, at one point, but we never got around to that either. So this is the first time one of us has come out and really talked about it. So that's great for the opportunity. Thank you. I was yeah, going to well, say, Ryan, I, I sorry, guess you can mention how to uh, do the Patreon, how to like donate to open powerlifting. Oh, okay. Good point. Yeah, so we have a, a Patreon, and it is it is on our website under Support Us. So if you go to patreon.com, join Open Powerlifting. And the supporters rank is um, it's $3 a month, but if you send us $3.50, you can say it's about $3.50. <laughs> and you get nothing else. It's just $3.50. Look, at, I mean, in terms of giving back, um, look at everybody who wants to see change and see progress or see all these updates and whatnot for three dollars, three fifty. And month? that's how you get the the colors on your name or whatever. That is how you get the colors on your name. You can yeah. have any any caps, any sort of fonts you like, any colors. We can do your name in bright pink, Ryan, just for you. <laughs> Worth the money already. <laughs> Worth the money already. I'm 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 going in. Um, although I don't think I'm updating my you won't see any more results coming out of me, but that's yeah, not. Ryan. I haven't seen you lift since Helsingborg, maybe. Yeah, Helsingborg. Is that it? Are you, that's right. Are you <laughs> um, at least for the time being. I mean, I uh it depends. I, I had some injuries and then since then, like I'm still lifting uh on the regular, but lifting the big thing is when you peak and there's a competition coming up and it's on the calendar. You can, you can't just, if something starts flaring up, you have to kind of work through it at least to an extent. You could load off a little, but the, that nationals or worlds isn't going away. You can't shift the time. So you have to stay on course. And then that's when an injury would happen. And since then, um, not competing, but just lifting. If something flares up a little, like if it's deads in the hips, I just take out deads for a couple of weeks and I'm smashing squats and bench and we're good. Or if something with whatever it is, you keep rotating. You could just keep going on forever. And I haven't missed a training day since because there, oh. there it is. So um, when I'm feeling good, I'm like, oh, man, maybe I should think about it. Then I start getting, uh, you know, I start remembering the injuries. But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to lift and commentate or cover um, a competition. It's hard to do both. Well, oh, like the worst was um, commentating, competing at, like I've done open worlds as well. Uh, and that sucks because you miss um you're competing so you miss commentating on like a massive so i did 2017 open world so at the very least I, like i i almost missed brett gibbs versus john hack and i commentated it instead can you imagine i went to a world championships one year sooner and missed that a commentary yeah. like it would be you, you gotta make some tough decisions and then i've also been in the case where competing later in the week and you're freaking water loading and you're on the air at World Masters, I was on the last day, next to the last day. So I was commentating like, I don't know, eight days, and then I lifted, and that was that was hard. Yeah, that it's really you're, you're exhausted, and you're yeah. uh, it's tough to do it all. But to have your cake and eat it too, so to speak. But uh, but anyways, listen, Joe, thank you tons. Um, we still got to talk about like articles and stuff. We're trying to get our ducks in a row on our end. Yeah, but, sure. but you appreciate it for everything you do in powerlifting period. I'm glad you came on. We got to do this again. We got to have you back on. I'm going to see you. What in Sheffield. Gonna, gonna, yeah, for Sheffield. Like, yeah, I don't want to get too excited because I'm going to start losing my <laughs> sleep on that guy. But um, anyways, everybody listening, as per usual, whatever platform you're listening on, please do subscribe. Please do give us high ratings. And uh, when you subscribe, you don't miss these episodes. Some people are like, when did that episode come out? Well, 
You should, or you should have on this person. We had on that person. You missed it. Don't make sure you don't miss these episodes. Make sure you subscribe and uh, you can tag us in your stories. We will repost. And until next time, six pack lap at six up and we are out.